African leaders are beginning to wake up. They're realizing that the more you take debt, the more you dig yourself into more debt. It's a never ending cycle. World Bank, IMF, whoever is telling you they want to give you money so you can turn around your economy. They're giving you money so that you can forever be indebted to them and they can cash out from your poverty, from your idiocy because Africans are very notorious for putting poor leaders in office and they can capitalize from your incompetence, your corruption. And the Malawian leader is saying, we have to make painful decisions now so that we can unshackle ourselves from that constant need of needing financial bailout from the West, which comes with conditionalities that are costly. In making those painful adjustments, I myself have to lead by example. This is why effective immediately, all of my international trips between now and the end of the fiscal year, beginning with my trip to COP28 at the end of this month, are canceled. By extension, I'm putting a freeze on all public-funded international trips for all public officers at all levels, including those in parastatals, until the end of the financial year in March. In fact, all cabinet members currently abroad on public-funded trips must return to Malawi with immediate effect. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Our Conversations. My name is Ndiro Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys about black people, Africans, our empowerment, and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. If you're new here, welcome. And if you've been watching my videos, I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for watching my videos. Thank you for always returning. Thank you for being a part of the community of people that are always here. Thank you for always leaving comments. And to those of you that send me DMs and send me emails of what your thoughts are, for those of you that share these videos with your friends, thank you so much for your support. In December, I have a little gift for you, for your love and support and loyalty all year long. I want to show you a different side of, of content in my life. I am an African creator, black and African, yes, and I live on the African continent and I realize that there's a lot that is said about Africa, both on traditional and um, digital media. Some of it is factual, some of it is a fantasy, and some of it is far from the truth. And I just decided that you as my community, you've known me, you know my voice, there's nothing more intimate than me letting you into my other side of, of the world. So I'll be showing you people, places, food, culture, and guess the first country that we're starting with. Yeah, you guessed it right. We will be going to Rwanda and I'll be showing you everything that Rwanda has to offer from an exploration point of view. Without further ado, I want us to get into this video. This is a video that came as a shock and a surprise for me. And I'll tell you why. Most of the time when African countries are going through a tough time, which is technically almost all of them, with the exception of very few, they're always very quick to run to the IMF, to run to the World Bank, to run to the China Development Bank, Exim Bank, Africa Development Bank, to, to ask for money, to beg for bailouts. 
and these things are not easy you know zambia is currently in the process of restructuring it's three billion dollars euro bond it's such a painful and long process ghana already began its restructuring process and people have taken 30 to 40 percent um cuts on their investments so it's always a very difficult decision to go and look for money is hard and to default on these debts is even harder but it's a never-ending cycle right because if you choose to borrow more to pay your debt and to find a way out of your debt you're still indebted it's just that we've pushed we've we've postponed the inevitable a couple of reasons why Africans are where they are and I'm going to be very objective with this you can disagree with me let me know what you think in the comment section all factors constant Africans we're not doing a favor to ourselves if we're being honest with each other we're doing a big disservice to each other Africans will suffer under poor leadership for five years four years some some even seven years depending on the country the constitution and the election cycle and they will say oh when elections come, we will choose differently. We'll make a different choice. Oh, we want development. Aha. Uh -huh. When it's time to actually vote for that development, do you know what happens? We Africans develop selective amnesia. And I say, oh no, I don't remember the suffering being that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Oh no, everybody in the world was going through it. And do you know what we do in that moment? We retrieve in our tribal cocoons. We retrieve in party lines, you know, my person, our person. And we hope that by somebody who we have some sort of affiliation having power, then that proximity will benefit us. Majority of us are very corrupt in nature. We have nepotism embedded in us. And that is why we keep making the wrong decisions. When people come with the right policies, we do not want to look in their direction and vote for them. And we just find ourselves in the same cycle. We put poor leaders in office who will come and bribe us with a couple of bucks. It's never even a lot of money. And then the cycle repeats itself. That is just for the voter. For the people that vie for office, you genuinely know what you're getting yourself into. You know that this is a service position. Yet, you choose, you choose greed. You say, okay, the richest and easiest way to become rich on the African continent is the political route because the systems and structures are not strong enough and they allow for looting of resources, right? And so you get into power and you start looting a country dry. You're making poor decisions. You know, you're hurting the country. You're hurting the economy. You're hurting the local people. These are some of the reasons why we are where we are at. Listen, there are other factors that come into play. Climate change, because majority of the uh, agriculture in Africa is rain-fed. That's a given. There's also colonization we cannot downplay the effects and impact that it had we cannot deny the fact that neocolonization is still rife in africa and continues to affect us our decisions businesses and resources on the african continent that said we are also not helping ourselves and that brings me to the the, the very viral video that the malawian president was was captured in and he says change begins within you know the funny thing is when you go to the imf they don't of all the things that they could tell you to to do you know they are supposed to ask you 
to rein in on corruption, expenditure, and all those things. He is always a by the way. Do you know what they say? They say increase taxes because they know that way they'll get their money. Because they also know and they enable and they enable also by African leaders because they know that corruption is rife. But they know that for you to keep going back to them, you have to keep mismanaging your money and your people will just have to pay for it. And the president of Malawi is saying, no, the back ends with me like this talks. And so we are going to cut wastage in this country and we begin with my government. I know that there will be some who created this mess that I'm now cleaning up who will be the loudest in calling me names, claiming that I am the problem, and calling on citizens to attack me. But I'm not intimidated by that. I'm here to serve Malawians. And to do so, I'm prepared to do things that are painful as long as they are the right things. The most, the most painful thing by far has been the recent devaluation of our currency to correct the false value of the kwacha based on nothing and rebuild true value in the kwacha based on production of exports. I know that this decision has caused a lot of pain. And I know that all of us now have to make big adjustments in spending so that we can prioritize those areas that are most productive and stay the course until our economy becomes productive and profitable again. In making those painful adjustments, I myself have to lead by example. This is why, effective immediately, all of my international trips between now and the end of the fiscal year, beginning with my trip to COP28 at the end of this month, are canceled. By extension, I'm putting a freeze on all public-funded international trips for all public officers at all levels, including those in parastatals until the end of the financial year in March. In fact, all cabinet members currently abroad on public funded trips must return to Malawi with immediate effect. Any travel deemed absolutely necessary by anyone during that period must be submitted to my office for my personal authorization. Secondly, I order that all fuel entitlements for cabinet ministers, principal secretaries, directors, and all members of senior management of public institutions should be cut, uh, should be cut in half with immediate effect. Thirdly, until further notice, I order the secretary, the president, and cabinet to circulate to all public institutions a criteria for local trainings and local travel that will be acceptable as well as a cap on how much of their budgets can be spent on, allow on allowances for such trainings and trips. By doing this, I am effectively ending the practice of draining public coffers to spend on allowances for useless activities.
you know this just reminds me of kenya because president william ruto is now dubbed dora the explorer in kenya because he is never in the country they are on trips his administration and his people are constantly on trips i know somebody that works in government that they take retreats even in the very city that they work in if you want to know how wild this is Imagine as a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is that you do, um, a waitress, a teacher, you go on a retreat to do your job. You tell your boss, so today I want to go and teach in Cancun or in Tulum. And yeah, and your boss says, cool, cool, and packs the whole classroom. And so class today is in Tulum. Why? Why? Yet you have a classroom in Detroit, yet you have a classroom in Pennsylvania. Why? That is what African politicians technically do. They say, oh, we want to work, but we can't work in this environment. Can you take us to like a nice hotel by the beach so we can discuss how to do our jobs? That is the order of the day on this African continent. And it's good to see such an initiative coming from the top because it means that somebody is beginning to wake up and seeing that that cycle of mismanaging resources only benefits the West. Because you, what do you do? You go and buy a German car, German machine. You think you're helping your economy. You're helping the Germans. And they look at you and they see you're a fool. First of all, the roads in your country. You cannot even use the German machine. that you. So you pack it for your ego. For what? For what? African leaders must wake up. And if they don't wake up, Africans must wake up and start putting sensible people in office. I think in as much as I'm not a big fan of many African politicians, we have to give credit where it's due and applaud the Malawian president for this bold move. Let me know what you think, okay? In the comment section, like this video, share it with a friend, and I'll see you again next time. Don't forget, in December, our very first African exploration vlog series is dropping on the channel. And um, we explore Rwanda, the people, the food, the culture. You know, I go to the market. I go and have dinner at a local home. I go see the parks. I go see the Genocide Memorial Center. Ah, listen, it's going to be beautiful. I'll see you again next time.